0: Well, good evening, folks, and uh, welcome to Lavington Baptist Church live streaming. Uh, Tonight, because of coronavirus, we have an empty church. Uh, But praise God, we are able to get the word out to you through the internet and live streaming. So welcome to all who are listening in. Okay, tonight we're looking at the subject, doing God's work, God's way. Please turn to 1 Corinthians Chapter 15 and verse 58. 1 Corinthians 15 and 58. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. For as much as ye know that your labour is not in vain in the Lord. Let's pray. Our gracious God and our loving Heavenly Father, again we give Thee thanks for this evening. We thank Thee, Father, that we can gather around Your Word. And even though there's no one in the church, we know that there are people on the internet, uh, people looking in on live streaming. And we do pray, Lord, Your Word may have free course, that You would open up the windows of heaven and pour out Your blessing upon us. Father, we give thee thanks for these desperate times in which we live in, but they do not come as a surprise to us. We know that these things will surely come to pass, but in it all we do pray, Lord, that you keep your people safe. We pray for the church here in Lovington. We pray for the churches throughout our land that preaches the uncompromising Word of God that you would bless and undertake for each and every one. Now, our Father, we do pray that you take your servant, hide him behind the cross, let no man be seen but Jesus only and we'll be careful to give thee the praise, the honour and the glory in our Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. Folks, this verse comes at the end of a fairly long chapter and there is a challenge within it. It is to convince those who are believers to be engaged in his work. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. It's a challenge to each and every one of us to be engaged in his work, which will give us joy in the Lord and a quiet confidence in the promises of God. I'm going to break it up into several points this evening, and our first point is the people addressed. One can see right away to whom Paul is identifying with. He says, my beloved brethren. So this is addressed to his brothers and sisters in the Lord, his fellow believers in Christ. It's an affectionate term. And when you read verses 1, 2, and 11, we see that the believers had received the gospel they believed the gospel and they were saved through the gospel so Paul addresses this particular verse to his beloved brethren folks this is the prerequisite to doing God's work receiving believing and getting saved and only those who have become a child of God Are truly involved in the work of God. So the people addressed, the people that Paul was writing to are those who are born again, those who are the sons of God, those who have believed and received the word of God, my beloved brethren. Next we look at the reason stated. Paul goes on to state the reason why? We should be engaged in the work of God. We have looked at the who, my beloved brethren. We didn't elaborate on that. I think that's pretty clear, pretty plain. Those who know Jesus Christ as Savior, my beloved brethren. Now he states the reason why. And we need to go back to the first word of our verse. First Corinthians 15 58 and the first word is therefore the word therefore takes us back to what has been said previously or what has been said before so it really takes us back over the whole book of first corinthians or the letter that paul wrote to them folks this is a lengthy letter 1st Corinthians. We know that it has 16 chapters in 1st Corinthians. There are 437 verses. There are 6,929 words. It would have taken Paul some time to pen these words. But it was important. And many, many subjects were addressed by Paul. And he says, therefore, Because of these, because of what I have mentioned to you, therefore, because of what I have taught you, be ye steadfast. Now, folks, when we go back over the book, we see the amount of teaching there is in it. Time does not permit for us to go into every detail of what Paul was writing about, but just to mention a few things. In chapter 1 and verse 23, it says... We preach Christ crucified. Folks, this is the central theme of the gospel. Christ crucified. Who died, who was buried, who rose again and ascended to heaven and is now seated at the right hand of God. We preach Christ crucified. And folks, in this church in Lavington, we preach Christ crucified in chapter 2 and verse 16 it says who hath made known the mind of christ or the mind of the lord this is the about god's sovereignty this is about his omnipotence this is about his omniscience for who hath known the mind of the lord and folks we worship a great god one who is sovereign One who is in control. And regardless of what we see around in these days, be assured that God is in control. In chapter 3 and verse 16 it says, Know ye not that ye are the temple of God? And folks, all I want to say here is, Be ye holy. Because God says, For I am holy. God says we are the temple of God. And we need to remember that in these days. We are the temple of the Holy God. In chapter 4 and verse 10, we are fools for Christ's sake. I just thought about that. I think, I think the best way to put it across is don't think that we ourselves are anything. Don't think that we in ourselves are anything. But we are wise in Christ. We are fools for Christ's sake. In chapter 5 and verse 6, says this, a little leaven leaveneth the whole lump. In chapter 5, Paul is warning against sexual sin. And he says, don't glory in it. Don't glory in your sin. He says, purge it out. Purge out therefore the leaven. And folks, we could go right down through this whole 1 Corinthians and pick out many, many other verses which Paul dealt with But you can see, uh, I hope, uh, the reason for the therefore. Because of all that he had said, because of all that he had taught, because of all that he had preached unto these Corinthians, he says, therefore, because of all this, because of everything I've taught you, be ye steadfast. Now just for a moment... I just want to pick out a couple of things in this particular chapter, chapter 15. And we haven't got time this, this evening to uh, go into it and uh, to, uh, as it were, to go through it in detail. But in verses 1 to 3, we have a glorious gospel to proclaim. It's a glorious gospel because it talks about the outshining of an inner excellence of our Lord Jesus Christ. He is glorious. In everything he does. Verse 4 to 20. It tells us that the Lord is risen. He is alive and he is exalted. He is seated at the right hand of God. He is our God. He is our great high priest. He is our mediator. He is our advocate. In verses 21 to 50, And we shall rise again. What a promise we have from our Lord Jesus Christ. In verses 51 to 53, it says, The Lord is coming back for his saints. And that's another great promise. We wait and we look in expectancy for the rapture of the saints. And in verse 54 to 57, It tells us that death and sin and Satan and hell are all defeated. Folks, it would be useless to preach the gospel if there was no resurrection. If our Savior was still in the grave, if he was still dead, then we would be of all men most miserable. Sin and death and Satan and hell would not have been conquered. But praise God, our victory is in Christ and it is complete. He has conquered death, He has conquered hell. And we are on the victory side. Amen? So we have the people addressed, the beloved brethren. We have the reason stated, because of these things. Therefore, because of these things, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast. Now we look at our third section of this verse, which is the work described. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. The work described. Our Christian service is described by Paul as the work of the Lord. Folks, that's the work we're involved in. That's what God has called us to do. Dr. Anne- Alexander McLaren says, It is the work that he is doing, and the work that we are doing in his name. Folks, it is his work. John chapter 5 and verse 17 says this, But Jesus answered them, My Father worketh hitherto, and I work. So it's God's work. It's the work that the Lord was involved in. And in 2 Corinthians 6 and verse 1 it says this, We see our responsibility as well here. We then as workers together with him. We then as workers together with him. That's our responsibility. In Mark chapter 16 verse 19-20, we see exactly how we and the Lord are working together. Mark chapter 16 verse 19. So then... After the Lord had spoken unto them, he was received up into heaven and sat on the right hand of God. Verse 20. And they went forth and preached everywhere, the Lord working with them and confirming the word with signs following. Folks, our Lord is in heaven. The saints are on earth and we are working together. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. What a blessing. What a joy that the Lord's word is accomplished in and through us. What a privilege we have to be involved in the work of the Lord, the Lord God of heaven. The creator, who by the words of his mouth brought everything into being, that we would be workers together with him. What a privilege we have. It is our work, but it's only accomplished and carried out through his enabling power. Anything that we would do in the flesh would fall to the ground. But when we seek his enabling power, it becomes our work. The Lord working with us. Folks, I just want to highlight some things to you about the work the Lord has called us to. Firstly, it's a great work. I want to turn to Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 3. Nehemiah chapter 6 and verse 3 says this: And I sent messengers unto them saying, I am doing a great work, so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease? whilst I leave it and come down to you. Now we know that Nehemiah was building the wall and Sambalat and Gershom and so forth wanted to get him out of the work, take him down of the walls, meet with him, try to get him to compromise. But what a great verse this is. And I sent messengers on to them saying, no, (laughs) I'm doing a great work here. I cannot come down from the work I'm doing. Why should the work cease while I leave it? And come down to you and so Nehemiah had a straight answer for them and folks the work we are involved in is a great work even the Lord says wish ye not that I must be about my father's business it's a great work which we must be about we are created in Jesus Christ unto good works Ephesians chapter 2 and verse 10 says this Unto good works, because God hath ordained that we should walk in them. For him that knoweth to do good, folks, for him that knoweth to do good, and doeth it not, to him it is sin. We are called unto good works, because God hath ordained that we should walk in them. Walk in good works. Now let me say this, good works will not save you. But once you're saved, you should be involved in good works. Read the book of James. Talks about that. So it's a great work. It's a good work. It's a varied work. God's will and God's work is accomplished in a variety of ways. Please turn back to 1 Kings chapter 7. 1 Kings chapter 7 and verse 14. First Kings chapter 7, and verse 14 says this. He was a widow's son of the tribe of Naphtali, and his father was a man of Tyre, a worker in brass. And he was filled with wisdom and understanding and curing work and all works in brass, and it came to King Solomon and wrought all his work. If you go back to verse 13, it tells you who it is. And King Solomon sent and fetched Haram out of Tyre. Here was a man called Haram who was called by the king to be involved in all sorts of work. He was filled with wisdom and understanding. His mother was from the tribe of Naphtali, and his followers from Tyre. But he was filled with wisdom and understanding. And in a sense, he reminds me of Bezalel. Please turn to Exodus 36. Exodus 36, verses 1 and 2. Then we look at a couple of verses from chapter 35. Then wrote Bezalel and Aholiab. And every wise-hearted man in whom the Lord put wisdom and understanding to know how to work all manner of work for the service of the sanctuary, according to all that the Lord had commanded. And Moses called Bezalel and Aholiab, and every wise-hearted man in whose heart the Lord had put wisdom, even everyone whose heart stirred him up to come unto the work to do it. Now, please go back into chapter 35, and we'll read from verse 30 right through 35. And Moses said unto the children of Israel, See, the Lord hath called by name, Bezalel, the son of Uri, the son of Her, of the tribe of Judah, and hath filled him with the Spirit of God in wisdom, in understanding, and in knowledge, and in all manner of workmanship, and to devise curious works to work in gold, in silver, and in brass, and in the cutting of stones, to set them, and in carving of wood, to make any manner of cunning work. And he hath put in his heart that he may teach both he and Aholiab, the son of Ahisamach, of the tribe of Dan. Then hath he filled with wisdom of heart to work all manner of work of the engraver, and of the cunning workman, and of the embroiderer in blue and in purple, purple, in scarlet and in fine linen, and of the weaver, even of them that do any work, and of those that devise cunning work. Cunning work. So here was Bezalel and the uh, Holiad, and uh, the other man, Hiram, doing the work of god doing the work for the king and god filled them with wisdom to work these cunning works time does not allow us to go into dorcas and lydia and mary and many others who were involved in the work doing the work every bit as important folks as Peter and Paul and James and John but they were all working together with the Lord to accomplish his will. Let me just stop there for a moment. The same applies to us folks. Everyone plays their part. Everyone has his part in the body. The only thing we really need to be sure of is that we are doing what God wants us to do. I've been asked to speak this evening. Robbie and Sam are doing the recording. People have their work to do. Some may preach. Some may play music. Some may pray. Some may hand out books at the door. Some, God has blessed financially and they give. Folks, this is the facts. We just need to be obedient Christians as to what God has called us to do. And if God has called you to hand out books at the door, then that's what he wants you to do. If God has called you to be a man or a woman of prayer, then that's what you need to do. If God has called you to hand out treks around the district, then you need to be faithful in doing that. If God has blessed you with finances, then you need to be faithful with that. Folks, there are no big Christians. There are no little Christians in the Lord's work. But there are obedient and disobedient Christians. The question is, are you doing what God wants you to do? Folks, I've said this before. The ground at the fruit of the cross is level. We all stand on level ground. And the Lord calls one to do this and the other one to do that. Be ye doers of God's word. Not hearers only. Our theme verse, 1 Corinthians 15:50 it says, Always abounding in the work of the Lord. Whatever that work, the Lord has called you to. It's a great work. It's a good work. It's a varied work. It's a hard work. Just study the Lord's life. Just study the life of Paul. Just read Hebrews 11. Just to see the endurance of the saints. Read Fox's Book of Martyrs and see what our forefathers endured and went through so that they could keep alive what we have today. So that we we have a copy of God's word today. Folks, in a sense, we have it so easy today. But many has gone on before. And they've had it hard. And they have endured. And many has paid the ultimate sacrifice so that we would not have to. It's a great work. It's a good work. It's a varied work. It's a hard work. But to be involved in this work, there are requirements. Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord. This means stability. We must be steadfast, unmovable. Steadfast and unmovable in our character, in our faith, in our convictions, especially in these days of coronavirus. And there's much more to come. But praise God, the Lord will take us out of it. But we need to be steadfast. And when people will come and say, isn't it terrible, this coronavirus? Isn't it awful that we have to stay indoors? Isn't it terrible that we can hardly buy things off the shelf in the shops? But wait a minute. I just want to tell you something. It's going to get worse. And if you are not saved, then you're going to go through much worse. Folks, it gives us an opportunity to speak to people in these days. Galatians 6 and verse 9 says this, Let us not be weary in well-doing, for in due season we shall reap if we faint not. Too many people are fainting in these days. Folks, help us to. Ask the Lord to help us to to keep strong in these days. to, To rise above this coronavirus situation. That others might know who we are and whom we serve. That they might see that there's no fear, no anxiety in us. Because we know we're saved. We know we have a hope. We know that the Lord's coming soon to take us out of this situation, as it were. Maybe not during the coronavirus, but one day soon the Lord will return. Folks, people need to put their trust in God. Colossians 2 and verse 7 says this, that we needed to be rooted and built up in him and established in the faith. As we have been taught, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Abounding, always abounding, abounding therein with thanksgiving. Established. Rooted. Folks, roots go down a long way. Uh, And when the storms and the winds blow, uh, the plants that have roots, well, they're able to withstand the storms of time. And likewise with us. When we get saved, we are rooted in the Lord Jesus Christ. We are rooted in what he has done. We are rooted in the promises that he has told us. And we need to be standing strong in these days. So there needs to be stability. That's one of the qualities required. There needs to be fervency. We are to be abounding in the work of the Lord. Another version, and we don't talk much about other versions, but another version has it this way. Always doing more than just enough. Abounding in the work of the Lord. Always doing more than just enough. Some people seem to think, well, I've done just enough. I've done enough to get me through. I go to Sunday morning service, i will do me. That's enough. Now, Always doing more than just enough. Abounding in the work of the Lord. Another version has it this way. Always working without limits. Don't put a limit on what you're going to do for the Lord. Always working without limits. Abounding in the work of the Lord. Many of the Lord's workers today, folks, need a good strong infusion of enthusiasm. That's what they need. That's what we need, every one of us. We need to be more enthusiastic about what the Lord is doing in our lives so that others might see and ask of the hope that lies within us. Acts chapter 8 and verse 30. We're not turning there, but it's about the Ethiopian eunuch and Philip. And it says, Philip ran to him. May the Lord help us to run to do his wonderful work. The qualities required, stability, fervency, constancy, constancy. Now, I'm not saying that wrong. There is the word consistency, but this is constancy. Stability, fervency, constancy. We are to be constant. That means remaining the same. We are to abound in the Lord's work. Always consistent. Consistent is slightly different. It means no contradictions. So we are to be remaining the same with no contradictions in our life. Stability. Fervency. Constancy. To be constant means not sometimes. not, Not when I feel like it. Not in fits and starts. I'll go to the prayer meeting one week. I'll give it a miss for three or four weeks. I'll go back again. No, not in fits and starts. But always, always abounding in the work of the Lord. Laboring. Laboring laboring involves hard work, folks. It says, Therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abiding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. We need to be out there laboring. It's hard work. Hard work. Always abounding in the work of the Lord. And lastly, and very quickly, the assurance we enjoy. Folks, let me just say this. Whatever you do, whatever the Lord has called you to do, your labor is not futile. Your labor is never, ever wasted. The Word of God says one plants and other waters, and God gives the increase now if you witness to someone and they don't come through for the lord if that person say rejects what you're saying well, that's their decision you have been faithful in planting the word that may well be that somewhere down the track someone else will water that word and god will give the increase that's why we need to be always abounding in the work of the Lord, laboring for the Lord. If a person rejects it, hey, just leave that with the Lord. You've done your bit, or whatever the case might be. But we need to be faithful and reaching as many people as we can. Therefore, because of all that I have said unto you, because of all that I have taught you, because of everything I have mentioned here, therefore, my beloved brethren, be ye steadfast, unmovable, always abounding in the work of the Lord, for as much as ye know that your labor is not in vain in the Lord. Matthew 25 and verse 45 says this, and as much as you did it not to one of the least of these, ye did it not unto me. I hope and pray that we might go out and give it unto the least of these. Because your labor is not vain. The people addressed, beloved brethren. The reason stated, the work of the Lord. The work described, it's a great work. It's a good work it's a varied work it's a hard work the qualities required stability fervency constancy the assurance enjoyed your labor is not in vain may the lord bless his word to our hearts let's pray our gracious god and our loving heavenly father again we give thee thanks for thy word we thank thee our father this evening for the word that goes forth i do pray that it might encourage those that are looking in on the internet and live streaming i appreciate those who would turn aside and take these few moments to contemplate these few words that have been spoken just thank thee for those who have been involved in this meeting those who have recorded these messages both pastor Jiggle and myself and we you pray lord that uh, the saints might be built up in these days even these desperate days in which we live in. And Father, should there be one out there that does not know Jesus Christ as Saviour, if they could not be called the beloved brethren, I do pray that they might come in their sin and repent and accept Jesus Christ as their own personal Saviour. And all this we ask in our Savior's precious and worthy name. Amen. Amen. Lord bless you. Amen.